families for bringing in those precious children. And uh, as we heard and saw today, they are very precious to God, and God loves them dearly. And we do too. Congratulations. Well, we've come to the main message portion of our service now, and uh, we'll open our Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. Lord, I ask your guidance now in this message. Help us to take these words uh, to heart, and please make them a part of us. Thank you in Jesus' name. You know, having children is a traumatic experience. Some of you here have had children, some of you haven't. Take my word for it, it's traumatic. Going through the whole nine months of pregnancy and dealing with that uh, for mom, it's very difficult and very challenging in many respects, uh, but it doesn't end there because the birth comes, time in the hospital, uh, recovery time afterwards, bringing the child home that first time and uh, welcoming this new person into the world and into your life. It is traumatic. And I remember with our children, and my wife and I have raised four now adult children, uh, I can remember the things that we went through and it it's, has its challenges, but the joy that ultimately comes from it is just overwhelming. And you know, sometimes you think you get home with the baby and you've got the brand new crib to put it in and you're settling in and you think, wow, man, that, that was great, that's all over now. Well, it isn't all over. <laughs> in fact, it's just the beginning. Because this new person that you have created and brought into your home now, uh, they're ready to live their life. And uh, as we heard earlier, everything that happens to them, you have to do for them. You have to feed them quite often, you have to bathe them, you have to dress them, you buy a new wardrobe for them. Uh, and then uh, starting from that day forward, it is a brand new process. Uh, going from infancy through you know, the elementary school years, through the uh, middle school years, through the high school years, finally when they get to the age of adulthood, uh, 18 or 19 or 20 or so, that opens new doors and new challenges. And uh, like I said, we went through this with four different children and uh, no two are alike. Uh, you know, they each have their own gifts, they each have their own talents and abilities, they each have their own hang-ups and difficulties, uh, but that's part of life. You know, bringing a child into the world is rather easy. I mean, that sex stuff is kind of easy, but the challenges come thereafter, thereafter. And we all, I think, grow in maturity in adulthood as we raise that child. We learn many lessons. Now part of the lesson, besides the diaper changing and the feeding and the walking and the rocking and, and all that sort of thing, we have a responsibility to this new person that we've brought into the world to teach that child, Amen. to teach that child. And for us today as Christians, there's the challenge of teaching them the ways of God. That's what God asks of us. That's what he commands us to do. And we need to do our best to obey that instruction. We turn here to Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4. 
This is something that God said to ancient Israel, and I think that the advice applies to us today as well. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, beginning in verse 4, he says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. So as God blesses us with children, he gives us the responsibility to teach them about him. Now, we can't slack when it comes to this instruction. We can't put it off. We can't procrastinate about it because there's a whole world out there. Let me put it this way. There's a a society that is ready and waiting to teach our children things not about God. So it's kind of a a challenge, it's a race, it's a a competition sometimes, what we want to teach our children compared to what the world, what society wants to teach them. Now we're told in God's word that this society is guided and directed behind the scenes by Satan, the adversary of God. So we need to take a stand for our children, and we need to do our best from the very beginning to start teaching them. And we're going to do this in a couple of ways, as we're going to see. So again, verse 7, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, about this passage, notice that before you can teach your children about God, you need to come to the point in your life where you love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So you can't teach your children about God if you personally don't love God. And if you're not trying to uh, live your life according to what he teaches you, and to do your best at that. So you can't be like a school teacher and, and teach certain things without personally believing in them. You need to be motivated. You need to be convinced and convicted yourself that God is good, that God is the creator, that God is Lord over all, and you want to be in a relationship with him, You know, you have your salvation through him, through Jesus Christ. If you are not convicted of that, and if you don't believe that firmly, it's going to be very difficult for you to teach your children about God. So, you know, there comes a time when you have children, these two couples having their first child, you kind of need to take a personal inventory and say, well, do I feel it is important to teach my children about God? If I do, how am I going to go about it? And maybe I need to get my life in order and kind of get back on the track spiritually to make sure that when I teach my kids that I firmly believe it. So this is an instruction from God that we all have to follow. And the Jews that he was speaking to at the time, the nation of Israel, you know, today, to this day, they are still very uh, diligent when it comes to the celebration of their religion. Uh, Jewish religion to this day, when they go and meet in the temple or the synagogue, it's a family thing. And they're very 
convinced, you know, about worshiping God and how important God is to be in their lives, we certainly should feel the same way as Christians, maybe even more so. So that's the first step. We have a responsibility to teach our children about God and don't wait. You need to start very early on. I remember, you know, shortly after we brought the children home, you know, when we would put them to bed, Mary would read stories. We would have a uh, children's Bible with some basic stories about things like uh, Noah and the flood, about Adam and Eve, about, uh, you know, David and Goliath and, and things like that. And he has stories about Jesus too. And she was always very diligent come bedtime that she was talking to them about God, whether they could understand it yet or not. You know, we felt this is our responsibility and we're not going to let the world get a jump start ahead of us or society because it's all around us, isn't it? The wrong kind of education. So we took it very seriously. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and we see an example of this, of a man who was taught from birth about God. And the man, of course, was Timothy. And here Paul is writing a letter to him. Timothy uh, had assumed a position of leadership in the church, and Paul is commenting on that in 2 Timothy 3, beginning in verse 14. And this is what Paul says to Timothy. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So Tim Timothy had his mother and his grandmother, as, as is mentioned elsewhere in the Bible, teach him from infancy about God, reading to him from the Scriptures, stories about you know, the patriarchs and uh, all the Psalms, the Proverbs and things like that. And it really benefited Timothy because he grew to be a young man in the church who became a minister, who was a teacher and a great leader in the church. And he had his groundwork in the scripture. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, for a little baby, you stand there and just read the Bible to them. You got to make it real. You got to make it real. As it said back there in Deuteronomy, you talk to them about God when you rise up, when you sit down, when you're going about your daily routine, okay? You got to make God real to them. God isn't just found in this book, and he certainly is, but that's not the extent of it. You know, we always made it a practice from very early on, well, we did it beforehand, but we certainly did it when the kids arrived, that we would pray over every meal. When the family would get together to have a meal, we'd always ask a blessing on it. And that was teaching the kids the importance of God. We thank him because, you know, the blessing of the food came from him. The blessing of family came from him. And we always acknowledge him and recognize him as the giver of all good things. Amen. And how important he is in our lives. So, you know, when the kids were going through different situations in their life, we would talk about God's way of approaching this problem. You know, what, what do I do when the kids at school are making fun of me? What do I do at school when the kids are picking on me? What do I do when the teacher is teaching me this and I know that that's not in the Bible or that doesn't seem to be the truth as we know it? You know, they say, uh, God didn't create the world. We all kind of evolve, evolve from, uh, 
you know, slime found in a, uh, in a uh, pit someplace. That's how we became human beings. No, God teaches us in the Bible that he created us, man and woman, starting with Adam and Eve. So how do you deal with that? You know, you got to straighten out some of the things that they're learning that are wrong. I can remember many times, you know, at the dinner table, the kids would be sitting around the table and we'd say to all of them, well, what did you learn in school today? You know, and if we detected that they learned something or they were taught something that is not kosher with God's word, we would always straighten that out and say, well, that's really not what we believe. You know, that's what the teacher believes or that's what the school required the teacher to teach you. But this is what we believe. So we would always try to balance that out and teach them how to handle different situations. We would always pray with the kids. You know, if they were going through difficult situations in their life somehow, we would always spend time and pray with them and ask God to provide the help that they needed or to solve the situation for them. In other words, no matter what aspect of life we were dealing with, we made God applicable to that stage of life. You know, God isn't just a, a distant, faraway being someplace who, you know, was here for a while and now went far away and he's going to return someday, but he's not really that active in your life. We taught them just the opposite. God is very active in your life. You know, he, <clears throat> he's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's all-powerful. He loves you very much. And, you know, he's there to help you in times of need. And he's watching over you all the time. So, knowledge of God. And the basis for teaching our kids is found here. So again, you know, as parents, it behooves you to be familiar with God's Word and to be able to teach Amen. as they grow up. So, the main source of knowledge about God is God's Word, the Bible. Now, the great thing about that is here, we meet here every Sunday morning, and what do we talk about? We talk about God's Word in the Bible, and we help us all to understand. You know, you may read through your Bible and wonder, wow, that's weird, what does that mean? Or what does that have to do with me? Well, we study that when we're here. We preach about that. And if you have any questions, you know, we have a ministry here who is good at answering questions. We've been educated in God's Word over the years. So if you have any doubts, if you have any questions, things that you're wondering about, come and see me, see Pastor Nora, see Pastor Steve, and say, hey, I was reading this in the Bible, or, you know what, I'm dealing with my kids with this particular situation. Can you give me some advice on how to handle that? I'd be glad to. I raise kids myself. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get together, pray about it, and study what God's Word says about it. So we need to teach our kids. It's important for you to worship God on a regular basis because you're showing your kids that God is important to you, okay? And you make the effort to be here on a weekly basis and uh, bring the kids. They will listen, they will learn. And if we get enough kids together, we'll, we can maybe have a separate class sometimes devoted directly to them and their situations. But we come to another aspect of teaching. Not just opening the Bible, that's important. Not just worshiping at church and coming to hear God's word preached, that's vitally important. But there's another aspect about it, and uh, we'll turn to Proverbs 23 in verse 26. 
You know, we, we all want our kids to grow up to be good, solid citizens. We want them to be good Christian people. And one of the most important ways we teach them about that is found here in Proverbs 23 and verse 26. Notice what Solomon said to his son. Proverbs 23, verse 26, he says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways. Another translation says this, My son, pay close attention and let my life be your example. So not only do we teach our kids from God's word, we, we let them hear God's word preached, our personal example is going to teach our kids so much more about God than any other effort we may put forth. Because you know what? Church is once a week for an hour and a half. Your example is every day. Every day. From the time your kids wake up to the time they go to bed at night, they're watching you and learning. And they can tell when we're hypocritical. You know, if we talk about God and how important it is to live after God's word, and then we ourselves are not living that way, they're going to see through that very quickly. And then we're going to know, they're going to know that we're hypocrites. We teach one thing and then live another thing. So that verse is kind of scary to me, and it has been throughout the years. We should be able to tell our kids, pay close attention to me and my life because that's going to be an example for you. There was an incident uh, in Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, where he told the church at Corinth, follow me as I follow Jesus Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Are we able to say that to our kids? We should be able to say that. Like I said, when you have kids, I'll tell you what, you start to mature pretty quickly. You start to grow up. Because you realize it's not just me, it's not just my life, but now I've got another person watching me and learning every day. And how do I want them to grow up? What kind of a person do I want them to be? Because they're going to be watching the good things I do as well as the bad. And they tend to emulate the bad sometimes more than they do the good. So we need to be on guard all the time. If we want our children to, be, to grow up to be Christian children and to be Christian adults, we, as parents, need to be living a Christian life. So we need to take inventory every day. We need to watch what we're doing. And I know that my wife and I always worked as a team. And, you know, if I saw her doing something that wasn't setting the right example, I would humbly point it out to her. If she saw me doing something or saying something that's not setting the right example, she would humbly point it out to me. And I'd realize, oh man, I can't believe I did that. I gotta change that now because little eyes are watching me all the time and learning. So it's good to have examples in your life. And like I said, your kids are gonna learn more from your personal example than any instruction you try to give them. So not only do we preach the Bible or preach the gospel, we have to live the gospel. We have to live it. It's a maturing thing to have kids and to raise kids. It's a great responsibility. 
Because all of a sudden, you got to start saying no to yourself, your desires, your wants, and you're serving your children now. And you start to, to see the things that they need and the things that they, they desire. You know, I remember as a young person, Christmas time would always come around and I'd have my list of things that I wanted and, and look forward to that and receiving so much stuff and making myself happy and pleasing myself. But there came a time, especially as the kids came along, that I put more importance on them. You know, it gives me greater joy to see my kids happy. If I can bless them with something, if I could buy them a, a new bike, or if I could buy them a new toy, or this or that, it gave me more pleasure to make them happy than it did for myself. And you know, to this day, come birthday time or Christmas time, my wife said, well, what do you want for Christmas? And I say, nothing really, I'm good. <laughs> There's nothing I desire, I've got everything I need. And she basically has the same attitude. But you know what? If we can use the money that maybe we were going to spend on each other and spend it on the kids and get them something that we heard that they really liked, that gives us more joy. So you know what? You're esteeming somebody else better than, than yourself. And isn't that what God tells us to do in, in the Bible? Now, certainly it can get out of hand. You know, you don't want to spoil your kids because <laughs> you need to teach them about tough times, too. And there were many times where the kids were hoping for certain gifts for Christmas or, or for their birthday, and we basically had to say, you know what, mom and dad can't afford it. And, uh, you know, when, when times are tough and the money just isn't there, we all just need to cut back, bite the bullet, and rough, kind of rough it, you know. And they're still learning that lesson to this day, because, you know, we all struggle financially from time to time. So it didn't get out of hand. We didn't go into deep debt, you know, always buying things for our kids. We did when we could, but there were lessons that they had to learn too. And I dare say, I think all of our kids now can really handle money and know how to budget themselves and know when they need to cut back and know when they need to give and know when they need to be generous toward God. So it's a lifetime of learning it's a lifetime of, of watching good examples. And you know, another lesson too that we taught our kids is hang around people who are setting good examples for you. Don't hang around people that are gonna be dragging you down to the point that you're doing things that God doesn't want you to do. You gotta choose your friends carefully because there are a lot of people out there who will drag you down who will want to get you to do things that you know you shouldn't do. So you got to choose your friends the right way and never let God out of the picture. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, you know, uh, you learn a lot about life having kids. One of the things that you learn is your relationship with God. I don't know how many times in dealing with my kids, because you're God to them in the first few years. They don't know about God in heaven. They know about you. And you're the one who feeds them, dresses them, changes them, protects them. So you see, in the first few years of their lives, you're like God to them. Now, you know you're not God, but you're fulfilling the same things for them that God fulfills for you. He provides the, the blessings for you. And you come to realize, man, that's, that's a big responsibility. 
And uh, I don't know how many times as my kids were growing up, maybe they did something they shouldn't have done, and it comes time to you know, correct them, give them a timeout, whatever, whatever it may have required back in those days. And you realize that sometimes God corrects you because you need it, just like your kids need it. Because you don't want them to grow up to be you know, criminals and this and that. You're providing instruction for them. And God does the same thing for you. And you know what? God forgives you. So you learn to forgive your kids too. It's that relationship between you and God as demonstrated in your relationship with your children. Because you're the God figure for them. And I think it brings you a lot closer to God as well as bringing you a lot closer to your kids. And you know what? This life is short. You know, it's wonderful to have a newborn baby. But before you know it, they'll be going to school. That first day is going to come that the school bus is going to pull up and you're going to put your child in the hands of, you know, the school bus driver, as Dan, Dan uh, knows all about that because he's a school bus driver. And I'm sure he remembers, you know, the first day of school when for the first time that parent puts the child on the school bus and the kid's all excited and the parents are standing there crying, thinking, I can't believe they're going to school already. And then the day comes that they're going to high school. And they're in the band, and they're on the football team, and then the time comes to graduate from high school, and you think, where did the years go? And then the time comes, maybe they go away to college, or they start work. It's a short life, this life that we're living. You know, I'm in my 60 now, 60, 60s now, and I can't believe I'm even that old. But, you know, God tells the truth here in Hebrews 9, verse 27. He says this, Just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. So you know what? There's a short life that we're living, and what comes after it? Well, God's Word teaches us a time of judgment. So we're going to have to give account for this life that we've lived, and uh, you know how close have we been to God through this life? As close as we should have been? Have we been growing in a relationship with him? It starts off by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You know, there comes a time in life where you understand that you're a sinner and uh, the, the penalty for sin is death. But yet God has done something to help you. And he's done something to help the whole world. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to live a life and then to die on the cross. The time's coming up again. We're going to start the... Uh, Ash Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, and go through a period of 40 days leading up to Good Friday when the Christian world celebrates Jesus' death on the cross. And what was that for? Well, he died in our place. That's what we were deserving because of our sins. And God is so merciful and gracious that he would even give his only son to die in our place so we wouldn't have to suffer the death penalty for sins. And you come to realize, well, you're a sinner, so he died for you, and uh, will you accept that free gift from him? It's our choice. And then if you accept that free gift of salvation from that point forward, God starts to work with you intimately. You have a free gift of salvation to live forever with him. But he's also going to start to transform you. And once you recognize God as your God, he begins to transform you to make you to be a better person. And we kind of yield to that, and he brings about these changes. 
and we live out our life the best of our ability as a Christian, and finally the day comes that Jesus is going to return, and he's going to judge the whole world. Now, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're saved by his grace. You've got nothing to worry about. Final judgment time isn't a time, you know, where God somehow weighs all your good deeds against your bad day, uh, deeds, because most of us would fail that, but that's not the way he judges. He judges as to whether you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, and if you've received the gift of salvation through him. And if that's the case, you've got eternal life with him. You're going to enjoy that. So that's where it begins. You make that decision to accept Jesus as your Savior, and then you live a life blessed by God, watched over by God, certainly forgiven by God. And that's what we teach our kids about. That's why it's important and vitally important that they come to know who God is and what he's done for us through Jesus Christ, and that they hopefully come to the point in time where they want to accept that sacrifice on their behalf. And we as parents have to support that. We have to teach them about that. You know, we're told to go and preach the gospel. And it begins at home. The first people we ever evangelize is our kids. So we have to get our lives in order. We have to get our act together so that we can teach the kids about what we know and believe. And that someday it comes to the point that God is no longer their parents' God, but God becomes their God. And that's what we hope and pray for all of our kids. So by teaching them, bringing them to church, and teaching by your example. Your mate is your coach because they can see you maybe more objectively and more clearly and just ask their help. Not in a judgmental way or a self-righteous way, but in a humble way. And I know, like I said, I helped my wife, and she has helped me down through the years. We're a team, and that's what you are as parents. So by the grace of God, you're here today. That's a good start. You've asked God's blessing on your child, but it doesn't end here. Hopefully this is just the first step in raising your kids in the Lord and teaching them and setting an example for them so that they can live Christian lives as well. You want your home to be a Christian home, okay? So you're watching your language, you're watching the things that you uh, turn on TV, uh, the movies that you see, uh, you know, whatever habits you fall into, you got to be careful. It's a tough responsibility and it's a challenge, but that's the responsibility that you have taken on now. And God is there to help you along the way and he will strengthen you and give you the determination to want to do things God's way. I pray that you all choose to do that. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much once again for the gift of these children and help the parents to understand their responsibility now. Help them first and foremost to get their lives together, to be doing the things they're supposed to, and then set the example for the children. And uh, it's going to lead to blessings in their life. It's going to lead to peace in their life, joy in their life, and all of the other gifts that you provide for us. So help us to reach out to you, to seek you on a daily basis, and to always want to set the right example. So thank you, Lord, and uh, we give you thanks now, and pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.